0: Let's look towards uh, the states where it, they went into their eighth night of protests. Um, it looked like this was a different kind of evening. Most of the protests around the United States were um, very peaceful. A lot of people taking knees in front of cops. Here to talk about what happened last night in Washington, D.C., uh, Reggie Cicchini, who is our Washington, D.C. producer for Global News. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on.
1: Good morning, Kelly.
0: Okay, it sounds uh, loud there. Is that one of the military uh, helicopters I hear right now over your shoulder? No,
1: no, that is a city bus that is driving by and that is because uh, the media has been pushed back a block north of the perimeter of where we were in front of lafayette square yesterday uh there's a series of national guardsmen and military that are walking around the park right now so we've been bumped back into the only street that's open downtown and we're being blocked off by a line of law enforcement uh from uh, some mysterious uh departments because we they don't have badges they don't have names they don't have identifiers on their on their uh outfit so we have no idea who these officers are from Uh, Some of them are riot police, some of them are special tactical operations, uh, but they are holding us uh, into essentially the middle of the street here, not letting us approach the park.
0: Reggie, I heard that there's also, uh, amongst those uh, people in riot gear, members of the Bureau of Prisons. How unnerving is that?
1: Well, I mean, look, they are the riot guards that uh, approached uh, the crowd the day that the president was walking across the park to go and do that photo op at the church and it is unnerving not only for the protesters that are carrying out their constitutional right to be able to gather and protest but also for the residents of this city because we're already used to having uh, a number of different levels of federal protection all over washington but now to have the department of justice call in the bureau of prisons to act as an additional layer uh it's simply you know it almost feels like overreach uh in the city uh, you know we get it we get that there's need to ensure that there is some kind of uh, security here, but between the Bureau of Prisons and the military that have now taken over some of the streets in uh, D.C., there is definitely a sense uh, of kind of urgency for a, you know, protest that really and largely is turning peaceful.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if that's one of the military copters I hear over you now, but I do know there are, there is a question mark around those military helicopters that have been circling around D.C., Uh, The National Guard is investigating into an incident on Monday night where a military chopper flew too low, way too low over protesters, apparently trying to, you know, unnerve them and displace them with air from the propellers. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: yeah this is a scare tactic that these helicopters often do you know either in conflict zones or in areas of large protest but never on u.s soil uh and it had a red cross symbol on it so now there's a question as to whether or not the red cross knew about this and if this could potentially sully their name in the united states uh there is an investigation though because it did fly so low not even over the downtown business district this was an area of dc that is in the residential neighborhoods there were trees that are being snapped over because the rotor uh, wind was so great and so intense uh and it was uh, simply an uncalled for uh, action according to the National Guard and according to DC's mayor uh, who has been adamant that these additional levels of security including the military are unnecessary on her streets.
0: Uh, So Lafayette Park is where you are right now. You're north of it. They have extended extended their border around it. I think it's interesting that yesterday you were talking about law enforcement uh, that closed off the radius and they've limited it to municipal workers, a few key officials I understand. But tell us about the history of uh, the White House toying with making this park off limits and how this is, uh, I I would imagine, to some people, the perfect opportunity to take this park away from the people.
1: Well, I mean, look, the president, uh, you know, has really been trying to ensure that the perimeter around the White House has been secured, not only, uh, you know, since he, he entered office, much like all presidents, but to ensure the fact that people cannot uh, approach anywhere near the White House. This is, uh, you know, it, it's an area across from the White House that is often frequented by uh, by the president as they try to make their way to uh, anywhere on the campus that's around. But at the end of the day, this is still a, a federal park. It's no different than any of the other parks in, in this city that are operated and controlled uh, by federal law enforcement. Uh, But now to block people off from it, essentially what protesters are saying is if they can't access the park, their voices can't be heard and their voice, they're trying to get their voices heard uh, to the highest levels in government. So they feel like they're being pushed back even further. And essentially what it's doing is isolating the president from the issues that he's not dealing with.
0: Right. And it's a constitutional right to have your voice heard.
1: Yeah, this is a huge constitutional right. And and there are mayors and state leaders across this country who are saying, look, we understand that you have the right to protest. We want you to continue to uh, call out the the systematic changes that need to happen in this country to prevent these inequalities, particularly when it comes to police brutality against minorities in this country. Uh, They want that to change. You know, there was a great comment from D.C.'s mayor a couple of days ago where she said, look, I get it. I understand why you want to protest. But broken glass isn't going to uh, fix the broken systems in this country. So there is an understanding that people can gather. There is still that fear, though, that these gatherings can often and sometimes turn bad.
0: Monday, Trump uh, threatened military action against rioters from the Rose Garden. I hear that Biden spoke in Philadelphia yesterday. What was his message?
1: Yeah, Biden spoke in Philadelphia yesterday, offering that kind of unifying voice that a lot of leaders around this country have been looking for, saying that there are changes that need to happen, talking about the death and the legacy of George Floyd now that these protests have now continued uh, into what's likely going to be the ninth day, saying that when I become president, if I become president, I'm not going to get it right. Nobody ever does. But this is a job that we can all work at together, trying to incorporate all of the voices around this country. Interesting enough, we also heard uh, a, a statement put out from four, President George W. Bush. And tonight, uh, former President Barack Obama is also going to be holding an event that will be televised at five o'clock. So you're getting former leaders, former high level leaders uh, offering a voice of unity in a time uh, of where the country feels like it's being torn apart and you're not getting that voice from the actual leader of this country.
0: I think it's important to, you know, in a leadership vacuum to have former presidents um, trying to call for calm. And cooperation and unite um, what was the United States at some point. I think Sarah Silverman said, let's just call it the states right now because nothing's united. But um, Obama, do you think him speaking to the nation is going to fan the flames where Trump is concerned?
1: I mean, it's possible. The president, you know, has been quick to jump on Twitter today to talk about Joe Biden and Obama, Joe Biden in particular, saying that you know the former vice president didn't do anything uh, for the African American community in his 40-plus years in office, and the president says that he's done more in the last three and a half years. You know, polls don't show that the people across America don't say that. That is simply uh, you know an insular view coming from within the Oval Office. Barack Obama and Joe Biden still have an incredible swing, not only in the Democratic Party uh, by being kind of uh, you know elder statesmen of the party they also have uh, a strong relationship with minority communities, people of color, and in particular, the African-American community in this country. And I think when they speak, much like when you see something like Michelle Obama, when she speaks, there are people that listen. These are the moments that, uh, that Americans will listen to, and these are the moments that could uh, define what could potentially be the end of the Trump presidency by the end of this year.
0: Reggie, uh, things got uh, tense around 1 a.m. You said in one of your casts uh, where people were pushing this eight-foot fence outside Lafayette Park yesterday in Washington. But by all accounts, it was a much calmer uh, day of protest yesterday. What are you anticipating for today?
1: You know, it was. It was. It was the largest protest we've seen. It was still calm. Yes, there was a little bit of agitation towards the end after protesters had been out for seven or eight hours by that point. Uh, today, it's another one of those. It's, it's a game of cat and mouse. It's an eggshell situation. It's a wait and see situation. You know, it's a minor, tiny, little, few people standing in front of this line of police right now, shouting at them, walking down, trying to stare them down. Uh, we don't know if this perimeter is going to stay here all day long, if that's going to force protesters further back into the business district or if it's going to push them further off into more historic parks Parts of the city that have seen uh, civil rights riots uh, take over them uh, you know in the last kind of 40 and 50 years uh, it's wait and see if the president says something it could inflame tensions uh, if the president says nothing that could also inflame tensions we simply have to wait to see what happens as the minutes go by.
0: Reggie yesterday I was talking about the to a, a journalist professor at a New York and we were discussing how Trump Trump had Uh, Labeled you guys, yourself, other members of the media down there as, um, you know, enemies of the people and how there were a lot of uh, media uh, reporting that the police had turned on them. Have you seen any of that, that in Washington? And how do you feel about being an enemy of the people?
1: Well, I mean, I will say this. The media is not the enemy of the people. The media is on scene to tell both sides of a story. And just because you don't like hearing that one side of the story doesn't make it wrong and it doesn't make us liars. Uh, that is that is the message that has been conveyed to this president over and over again. Although we have seen aggression towards journalists. There is a reporter from Australia who actively had a riot police officer punch him in the face, punch his camera and then push him over with a uh, police shield. And Australia is now investigating the treatment of its journalists journalists on American soil. This is a bad look for this country uh, when there is already uh, a serious uh, kind of uh, uh, side eye that's being given around the world to the United States. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we do our jobs. We come out here. We try to be uh, as impartial as we can. Uh, We tell the stories as they are. And if people don't like it, they don't have to listen to us. But that isn't uh, any kind of reason or excuse to attack a member of the media.
0: Thanks so much, Reggie. It's always a pleasure having you on the show and stay safe.
1: Thank you.